The Circle. Produced by Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board. This is tribal sovereignty. It's our children's future. It's what our ancestors and our elders fought for. It's what we continue to fight for today. So that our people may live. This is The Circle brought to you by the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board and the Oyate Health Center. I am your host, Ray Rowland, Community Engagement Coordinator here alongside our Communications Director, Brandon Ekofi. And once again, we are here every week uh, bringing you all the updates, news, information from the Oyate Health Center and the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board. We are here twice a week on Keeley Radio. You can stream or download all of our past episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, podbean.com and if you have any questions or concerns that you have for us that you want answered here on the show reach out to us to any time you can catch us on our social media facebook instagram twitter or email us at raylin.roland that's r-a-y-l-i-n dot roland r-o-w-l-a-n-d at g-p-t-c-h-b dot org or give us a call at 605-721-1922. All right, for this week's show, uh, we got Nick Hill, head epidemiologist here for the Great Plains Tribal Leaders uh, Health Board and the Great Plains Tribal Epidemiology Center. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the booster vaccines, uh, the Delta variant, and again, just giving us some update by the numbers when it comes to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, and today we're going to be kind of discussing those vaccine type of news events. So right now the big story out of the NBA is that, you know, there's certain NBA players that are refusing to get vaccinated or just refusing to disclose whether they have or have not. Brandon, have you seen any of this? I did. I saw What I saw yesterday was LeBron said he's going to get vaccinated. Oh, finally. You know, and he said he did his own research or he looked into it and was doing what was best for his family and I guess the Lakers are on the way to being 100% vaccinated but I don't think you can say the same for for the Nets at the moment you know with yeah. our boy Kyrie I, I don't know if he if he committed to saying he took the vaccine but he did he's kind of been wishy-washy on what his stance on the vaccine you know Braun came out and said he didn't take it his team's gonna be ready 100% vaccinated less than their less likely for them to have missed any games because of it and then we kind of have Kyrie over there still wavering wavering what what's the word I don't know but I I just know that he I hope for our sake that he was vaccinated before he came on the res and did his little anti-tour that he did Kareem said something about him the other day I I, there's an article in the packet I don't know if you have it. yeah uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar you know one of the greats kind of tore him in into him on CNN you know He's cut, not specifically, he wasn't mentioning him by name, but basically saying that there should be consequences for those who don't vaccinate. Yeah, and when you look at it from that perspective, you look at it as a team, you're getting ready to have a basketball season. You know, LeBron has 100% of his team vaccinated. Everyone's protected, training staff, coaches, players. They all plan to be fully vaccinated by the time the season starts. And then you have a team like the Nets, you know, who – you know, or, you know, um, the Warriors with Andrew Wiggins, you know, code out, say they don't want to, they don't want to take the vaccine and it's no, you know, it's no one else's business. You know, I think in California, um, there might be some mandates in place. I think it was saying that he was going to miss 41 home games if he continued on with not getting the vaccination. So 
as a team, you know, let's get the basketball talk. You start to think about Al and I right around the corner. Um, you know, we're at the health board and Oyate Health Center is hoping to do a lot of vaccinations, a lot of youth vaccinations before then. But, you know, if I think vaccinations are going to be the key to us even having Al and I this year, we hope, you know, because I want to have Al and I. I know every, every week we're harping on this. That's almost like a common theme. But, you know, after a year of sitting around not doing anything, a year of not being able to watch in-person basketball, you know, a year of kind of just stress, you know, you think let's just all get vaccinated and hopefully we can watch some hoops this year. Yeah, and it's kind of switching gears from COVID-19 for a little bit. What else do we have going on around the health board right now? So the health board is putting out, or you know, the health board claims it claims a victory, but, you know, within the health board there's grant programs and the Great Plains Tribal Opioid Response Program is putting out some really, really cool material this week. Was it Skyhawk Reborn? Little digital movie, I guess that you'd call it, animated movie. Yeah, it's a digital short uh, animated movie focused on, you know, the opioid uh, pandemic also that's going on here. Um, Comic book? Yeah, it's a comic book. It's very innovative for, you know, our realm of of work. So I'm really excited for people to see it. There's one and there's also, they also produce the, they produce the comic in Lakota. So you, you can get a print version of this comic instead of, you know, the captions and the words and all that being... In English, it's in Lakota. There's one's coming. There's one coming in Dakota next, um, sometime this year. Um, but the one that's going online, the video, it's pretty cool. I've never seen nothing like this from, you know, a tribal healthcare organization. Much, you know, healthcare organizations in general. The the, the content that that's being produced and be put out this week, it's, it's cool. Yeah, we're getting with the times, doing losing a lot of these the technology that we have right now to to get the that information out to different people and do you have the trailer we have the trailer you want to go ahead and play the trailer yep for every light there is a shadow for every villain a hero and for every story a beginning From the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board comes a story of courage, wisdom, and hope. Skyhawk Reborn. All right, so Skyhawk Reborn, you know, from uh, Tosha Tuhart and her crew over there in the Community Behavioral Health team. So uh, looking forward to seeing that. Hope we can get that out to everybody next week. Uh, what do you think about the the trailer, man? I think it was I think it was pretty epic. It, you can see it online right now on our Facebook page. Uh, there's an event page coming up because the, the the show itself or the, the premiere is going to come out next Friday at two Mountain Standard Time. So I hate the date to show, but what what's next? Was that the eighth? Yep, October eighth um, on the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Book Facebook page. We're going to debut the movie. We're going to release the comics. Um, if you have questions, you know, something like that, you, we'll get an answer about them. But, again, it's, this fully animated comic is addressing or at least raising awareness about the opioid epidemic in Indian country. And, you know, Tosha works specifically, that grant specifically targets certain communities, um, several of the 17 tribal nations that the health board serves. But um, in the press release, it's all on there. Go to our Go to our website. Um, go to the Facebook page and, and have a read and see the trailer for yourself. 
Yeah, and, and a cool thing that we did this week for our staff, both at the Oyate Health Center and the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board, is you know we did some uh, staff appreciation days. Fed them some lunch, gave them some T-shirts, um, sort of thanking them for you know doing their part and getting vaccinated and and all the hard work that they have put in over the last two years during this pandemic. So it was good to see everybody and kind of get to know everybody there. 280 employees, 65% of them are tribal citizens. Over 80 come from Pine Ridge, are enrolled tribal members there. Uh, it was cool, you know, it, it, just seeing all different faces that you grew up with. Um, you know, we're out here doing that adulting thing now. You, you see, you know, guys that you play Little League Baseball with, you know, people people you went to school with. It, it's cool, you know, and, and actually seeing that in action. But the reason, you know, the health board gave back their, their, or provided them with these items. You know, they got a mug, they got a t-shirt, um, it was all, all incentives for being vaccinated. You know, the health board was one of the first organizations in the state, um, way ahead of Avera, way ahead of Sanford, um, way ahead of Monument and mandating that every single one of our employees be fully vaccinated. Um, and that the reason for that was we chose, you know, that's the best way to protect the people from COVID. You know, if you're coming into the Oyate House Center or you're coming to the health board to get some public health education or some resources, you shouldn't have to worry about contracting um, COVID-19 from, you know, us when we're here to provide help. So, you know, that was just kind of an incentive for all the employees who not only worked through the entire pandemic, you know, didn't get hazard pay, like, you know, a lot of healthcare orgs across the country um, faced a full brunt. You know, you look at, you watch, you got CNN, the hot spot in the entire world was Rapid City. Yep. And our people were up there, you know, serving diligently, working hard to keep people safe, um, t- you know, dealing with the high numbers, the hundreds of tests a day at some point so during the year. And, you know, it's cool, you know, it's cool to see the administration here and leadership here take care of its employees the way it should be. So up next, we got Nick Hill, head epidemiologist, coming back and visiting with us again. Uh, He is the head epidemiologist for the Great Plains Tribal Epidemiology Center here at the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board. So we're going to talk to him uh, a little bit about the booster vaccine from Pfizer that has just been released this week. So we're going to get into that. Uh, A couple little PSAs that we want to shoot your way before we get there. So stay tuned. This is, again, The Circle from the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board right here on Keeley Radio. The Oyate Health Center is pleased to announce that the Pfizer booster vaccines are now available for appointment at the 725 North La Crosse Street location in Rapid City, South Dakota. Eligible individuals include all individuals 65 years of age or those living in a long-term care facility. High-risk individuals 18 to 64 years of age with a qualifying condition. 18 to 64 year olds with an institutional or occupational exposure that puts them at high risk for serious complications from COVID-19. If you have received your vaccination at a location other than the Yoyate Health Center, you must bring proof of your vaccination with you for your booster shot. Currently, boosters are for individuals that received the Pfizer vaccine six months ago. To make an appointment for your booster, please contact the Oyate Health Center at 605-355-2350 or at 605-718-5059. This message was brought to you by the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board and the Oyate Health Center so that the people may live. 
All right, welcome back to The Circle. Once again, this is Ray Rowland, your Community Engagement Coordinator for the Great Plains Tribal Leader South Board. And we are here with Nick Hill, uh, Head Epidemiologist for the Great Plains Tribal Epidemiology Center. Thank you for being here, Nick, and taking the time out of your busy day to come chat with us. Uh, how are you today, Nick? Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Ray. Doing great. Really appreciate you asking me to be here today. So, Nick, kind of, um, you know, Give us a recap of what it is that you do here and how long you've been with Great Plains Tribal Leader South Board and the Epicenter. Sure. So, yeah, answering the last question first, I've been here about 18 months now, and I'm the epidemiologist, so I am responsible for monitoring the health of uh, populations of our tribal communities and ensuring that we're making inroads and efforts to address areas, disparities, health areas that, you know, can be bringing people to better health. That's what we do in a epidemiology. We're sort of the, the doctor of the population rather than the patient. Sure. Yeah. And we had you on the last show and kind of went over uh, the Delta variant, uh, you know, the vaccine and, and COVID-19 in general. So we just wanted to invite you back to get a, a, a kind of an update, you know, with the variants being as they are. And then, you know, news of uh, the booster being available and hopefully soon getting, uh, you know, children vaccinated 12 to, to 5 years old. So I just want to start right away at the top. What is the booster and why do we need it? Yeah, sure. So um, a booster is a vaccine that's simply just another dose that's given. It's uh, in particular, if we're talking about, you know, the most recent recommendations for the Pfizer uh, booster dose, we're talking about another dose that's the same concentration given the same way. And what it's doing is it's helping to wake up the immune response because especially with respiratory viruses, our immune response just sort of starts to get, uh, it, it wanes is what they call it. It's just, it just doesn't stay as robust as long as for some maybe other infections. And so the reason or the rationale for a booster dose is to reinvigorate or wake up that immune response, making it ready for the new another exposure and infection. And as we talk about the booster, um, we want to make sure everybody's understanding that this is just for the Pfizer folks, right? Yeah, that is correct. Although I'd want to rewind a little bit and say, you know, there actually anyone who is severely immune compromised can receive, and that's about 3% of the U.S. population, um, can receive a third booster dose for both Pfizer and Moderna on the basis of if they're being severely immune compromised. Okay. That's 28 days after their uh, second dose, wherever then, whenever that had been. If someone is in that category, they can receive a third booster dose. But now that we're talking about Pfizer, there's been uh, uh, recommendations uh, by the FDA, by the ACIP, by CDC in particular, uh, have approved and are recommending a third booster dose for a much wider range of people now. That is great. Yeah. And then who right now is eligible to receive the Pfizer boosters? Right. So um, there would be anyone who's 65 years of age can uh, or older can receive it. Also those that are over 18 with underlying medical conditions and those over 18 who live or work in certain high risk settings. It's really complicated, Ray, but um, I will just briefly touch on a little bit of that. First of all, it's very simple. Anyone who's over 65 years of age, very simple to understand. Mm -hmm. Those with underlying medical conditions, there's actually about 23 or 24 medical conditions that uh, CDC lists. 
And those are individuals who are 18 to 64 years of age with, for instance, asthma could be moderate to severe, diabetes, cancer, immunocompromising conditions, current or former smokers, people with high blood pressure, even people who are overweight, and it's not even having to be that overweight, but a, a BMI of 25 or greater. Uh, those have substance abuse uh, disorder, and there's a whole variety of others that are listed as well. Uh, the main issue with regard to this is talk to your doctor. Ask your doctor if you qualify for this third booster dose. But there's also one other category, and that's people who are frontline workers or who live in high-risk settings. So with regard to, like, for instance, public uh, safety or um, infrastructure, so we have first responders, healthcare workers, of course, firefighters, police, and congregate care staff. That means people who work in long-term care facilities and nursing sure. homes. And then um, anyone who's an education staff member, so that'd be teachers, support staff, daycare workers, anyone who's also in certain frontline jobs or occupations that are really important for the infrastructure, keeping things moving and flowing. So of course, that'd be you know, the manufacturing, manufacturing workers, food and agriculture workers, US Postal Service workers, anyone who works in public transit, grocery store workers even, and corrections workers. So we have a large variety of situations in which a person can receive that third booster dose. Most important thing I would say is talk to your doctor um, and then you know receive it if you can. All right, yeah, it's great. And um, so I, we talk a lot about you know Pfizer just got approved, fully approved by the FDA. Is the booster just for medical? I mean, emergency use right now, or has it also been approved? Yeah, the booster dose, the third booster dose, is fitting under the emergency use authorization, the EUA. Uh, so that's just the process. It's because, you know, we haven't had a lot of data yet on the third dose use. So um, full approval comes with a lot of data, and that comes a little later. Mm. And so what does that leave, like, the, the Moderna and the Johnson & Johnson folks that have those... Are they going to eventually get a booster? Yes, absolutely. The data looks really good for them. And um, I can't really predict when they will submit their data to the FDA, but that starts the ball rolling. As soon as that happens, probably Moderna will be doing that shortly and probably J&J &J as well. Uh, so we will see and under what conditions that third booster dose is recommended is, is to be determined. Now, I know you mentioned this a little uh, earlier, too. But what are the comparisons to the booster versus the, the first vaccines that we got? Sure, yeah. Well, it's really essentially the same as I mentioned before. It's the same concentration. Um, the thing is, um, with the booster dose, it's just really helping to ensure you're getting returning back to the same amount of immunity that we got with the first series of the doses. That's really what it's doing. It's taking us, for instance... Um, uh, I think the statistics are that uh, with with time, the Pfizer goes down to only about 42% protection after six months against infection, mm -hmm. any infection. But that's going to jump back up in the 90s as soon as we get the third booster dose in person. Uh, it's still very effective, though. Please understand, Pfizer is still over 75% effective even after six months against hospitalization and much higher against death. So it's not as though they don't work. It's just that the optimal protection 
isn't there uh, after six months for any kind of infection. And look this way, we want to prevent infections because those result in further transmission. So if we can prevent the infections, get the booster dose, we're also helping not only to make the individual more protected against illness, but protecting their contacts and other people so they don't get exposed and get ill. Sure. And so it's in no means a cure, but more like a blanket protection, like the flu uh, vaccine that we get every year. We are going to probably see that happen in the future. Uh, Coronaviruses, they mutate and change just like influenza. Um, Maybe not quite as fast as influenza, but they do. And we will probably need some boosters, you know, one dose boosters every year or maybe every two years or some interval that's determined in the future. And that's going to be determined on what we see with these variants and how you know fast they, they pop up in the future. So that kind of probably answers the next question I have then. Is, so it is effective, the booster specifically, against the, the Delta variant, other variants? Absolutely. <clears throat> Very effective. Um, variants do and are tr- attempting to change significantly enough to evade protection or evade that immune response from a previous natural infection and or vaccines. But uh, right now, those vaccines are working against all known variants that are of any significance in the United States right now. And that goes into the next question as well. So when we talk about the variant, um, I know we didn't discuss this specific question, but it's one I wanted to ask for a while. Why is it that the younger um, age range are getting more sicker from the variant as opposed to when we first started this? That's a great question. I think a lot of it has to do with we have a very high percentage of the older individuals vaccinated. 83% over 65 years of age are fully vaccinated. So that really masks what would otherwise be happening. Yeah, the Delta variant would be very significantly, um, you know, death deadly toward toward individuals uh, in the older age brackets. But we are seeing great uptake of vaccination. Those, not so much in the younger population, and that's where Delta is taking advantage. We're seeing a lot of spread in the younger age groups, especially school age, but also that highly social age, you know, from 19 to 39 years of age. And hospitalization rates have increased against all of those age groups. This Delta variant is very uh, serious, and we, we can't take our uh, guard down on this one. And I know you mentioned it, it's, it's kind of hard for you to predict these sorts of things, but when do you think that we'll start to see the first round of vaccinations for children younger than 12? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, the FDA, the whole process is in play right now. Uh, not the entire process. The process is in play right now. What will happen is probably, I would expect to see maybe mid-November, possibly, or early December, we may have emergency youth authorization for children aged 5 to 11 for the Pfizer. Uh, we'll have to see exactly how that plays out they have to look at the data and review the data you know we can try to make predictions but you know it ultimately determines is determined by the data itself safety and effectiveness if uh, there's any cause for concern we could see that either delayed or not or stopped but i i think the data is looking really strong we should probably see that approval by the end of this year and do you guys in the epicenter see that data before we start administering these the vaccines? 
Well, um, n not generally. Um, we're, you know, the the manufacturers are submitting the data on their trials, and you know, and FDA is examining that data. Um, but when they are presenting the results of those data, that is an open process. That is a mm. public process. Unlike maybe in a lot of other countries in the United States, this anyone can can. Uh, examine uh, the full pr approval process that's made public. And that's great. I mean, especially when we're in a, uh, an age where we're, we're questioning science and we're questioning and having all these different rumors going around for, you know, effects that are happening to people in small little numbers. So uh, one of those kinds of things that I did want to ask you, which I, I thought was kind of cool because Amanda um, Hill also mentioned it, is that when young mothers are receiving the vaccine or when children are receiving the vaccine, they are doubling their antibody count? Or how does that work? Am I understanding yeah. correctly? Antibody counts are sort of an indirect measure of um, immunity. And younger people do mount a much higher titer, as we call it. Uh, you know, we're quantifying how many antibodies do they have here. And we do see a, a very significant increase among younger people with more robust immune systems. So yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, you know, we even see it higher amongst those who are getting booster doses. And I might even jump over to, for example, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Um, they indicated when they did um, the third booster dose, um, six months after, or I'm sorry, the second booster dose, six months after the first shot, they saw antibody levels climb to 12-fold higher. So, um, yeah, we're seeing very high titers. Those are assuring. They're not the full story, though. There's a lot of immunity that's uh, cellular immunity. And, uh, and, and, we're, and we're effectively waking all of that up by giving the booster doses. Whatever that schedule might be, when a booster dose in the body encounters that, the immune system wakes up, responds to it, puts more of the fight to that particular, um, you know, virus. Because, you know, as I mentioned before, and I'll just mention it this way, there's so many respiratory viruses, the immune system just kind of, once it deals with something, it sort of more quickly wants to take the energy and resources away from that something because there's many other things it has to deal with. That's good in general, but for some people, it's bad because if you get a variant that's a little different, too different, in fact, it can cause them to, again, be hospitalized. So once again, or worse. And so once again, the reason for the in booster doses is to increase that immunity. And that's measured by, as you mentioned, uh, those uh, antibody levels. And with the end of the summer and the school starting up again, you know, give us a kind of an idea of, you know, what are the numbers right now between that age group of, of you know, elementary to college students? Sure. So um, what we're seeing is about a third of the cases, a little bit less, have been in uh, children school-aged in the last number of, like, month, for example. So that's really telling us that we have uh, school-aged children. Transmission is driving the current pandemic. We mm -hmm. are seeing a lot of those, of course, who have still been susceptible, maybe they can't be vaccinated, uh, that uh, are infected. Uh, so, and in fact, uh, if you look at the entire pandemic, um, you know, eight to nine million are between the ages of about 14 and 29. Uh, well, actually about 15 to 29. So uh, 
about ten, nine or ten million. So that's about a quarter of the population. Right. It's sizable, and and you know this is a very social uh, part of our population as opposed to say maybe the elderly and so forth. So yes, we're seeing a lot of transmission is starting to subside a little bit, but uh, you know certainly we saw a lot of that happening in the south. But we still have concerning signs right up here in the upper Midwest, Minnesota. The Dakotas, um, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan, those are the ones that you look at and still see, man, I don't think it's going down yet. Because nationally, we're hearing all the sign of, you know, the transmission decreasing, but it's not yet there here in this upper Midwest. In our tribal communities, we need to be very, very vigilant yet. And now, you know, we're going into, what, two years into this pandemic, um, a little over a year, a little less than a year since we had the, the vaccine. How effective is it? Kind of give us the numbers. How many of the infected are unvaccinated? Okay, sure. Um, yeah, so uh, there's some really good local data, which I really actually am glad to report on. In North Dakota, for example, um, looking at the most recent data, they actually track breakthrough infections, meaning those people who are vaccinated and become ill, and then what ha- the percentage of those and so forth. Uh, these are very, very small. And I can sort of use that data to back calculate it. And it looks like, for instance, the unvaccinated, 96% of the cases in North Dakota across the whole pandemic have been unvaccinated. 96% hospitalized and 98% of the ones who have died, the unvaccinated here. Very extremely high percentage. Now someone would say, well, that's during the whole pandemic. We didn't have a vaccine for the whole pandemic. Okay, that's, that's good. Well, let's ask the other question. All right, so how many vaccinated became cases or hospitalized or died? Because, you know, we, they're tracking that. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, uh, about 1.4% of people who have been fully vaccinated have become cases, 0.07%, less than a 0.1% have been hospitalized, and less than 0.001% have died. Wow. I mean, we're talking very, very small numbers. There's still concerns, that still concerns me though as an epidemiologist because we don't want anyone who's been vaccinated dying. I mean, some people are very high right. risk. So what do we do? That's the reason for the booster doses. We need right. those to release continue to make sure public health is doing its fullest shot the fullest extent possible is saving lives and improving lives well the numbers don't lie you know and and the vaccine the vaccines do work Uh, we need to get more people out there doing their part to try to get us out of this so nick we thank you guys and all that you do there in the epicenter uh is there anything that you want to leave the public with that we should know You know, um, I would just say, please be encouraged if you are unvaccinated to be vaccinated. You can make the most difference in your community. The most bang for the buck is vaccinated and the unvaccinated, not continuing to booster the those who have already been vaccinated. Uh, Those who are unvaccinated are um, even during the COVID Delta numbers five times more likely to get infected, 10 times more likely to be hospitalized, and 11 times more likely to die. We're concerned about you if you're unvaccinated, but we're also concerned about who you're concerned about, and that's your you know, people that you potentially could infect. And you know, those are family members, community members, friends, people you know and love. 
let's all do our part. Let's get vaccinated. And uh, for those that are in the storm who have already been vaccinated but still are at high risk, please consider to be boosted so you can also yet live. And thank, thank you. you, Nick, and to the rest of the Great Plains Tribal Epidemiology Center. This has been The Circle. We'll be here again next week. Uh, if any of you have any questions or concerns that you want addressed here on the show, again, reach out to us. You can give us a call here anytime at 605-721-1922. Our go to uh, our website, uh, Facebook. You can reach us on Instagram, Twitter, all of those things. So for the Great Plains Tribal Leader South Board and the Oyate Health Center, again, my name is Ray Rowland along with Brandon Ekafee. This has been The Circle here on Keeley Radio, the voice of the Lakota Nation.